You are listening to Available Light. I am Lars Menzel. I don't know about you, but I have a weakness for any idea that calls itself a movement. It takes guts to do that. After all, labeling your idea a movement is both naive and optimistic. And it takes a lot of patience, because although you may look like a fool at the time, a rejected idea sometimes gets rediscovered many decades later, making the claim suddenly true. This is the case with a photographic movement that proudly called itself New Vision. It emerged in the 1920s, when it was apparently fashionable to reject concepts so general as seeing and somehow plausible to replace them with something new. And to understand it, we need to take a very brief detour and talk about the Bauhaus period. The Bauhaus is an actual building in Germany. You might have guessed it from the name already. It used to house something, and in this case, that was a school for construction. The school was deeply socialist, somewhat utopian and most definitely revolutionary. Because the idea underlying the Bauhaus was to break down the boundaries between different aspects of craftsmanship and artistic disciplines. Why teach people just one thing, as teachers argued, say, how to be a carpenter and make a chair, if the Bauhaus student could be educated to be generalists? And so the curriculum was designed to educate students in very broad subjects that ranged from architecture to furniture making, from painting and color theory to textile weaving, ceramics and woodwork. The Bauhaus curriculum consisted of all the artistic disciplines of its day in the attempt to produce students that worked more holistically. Not only would they build a chair, but they would build one based on the geometry of houses, painted in colors reminiscent of expressionist paintings. And if you got lucky, they would even build it a house a around them. Idea. Much ahead of its it time a... during an age dominated by specialists and narrow-mindedness. And its influence remains visible. The Bauhaus idea might be gone, the school might long be closed, but its minimal aesthetic is still visible in buildings, art and design across the world, from the operating system of your smartphone to the look of your IKEA furniture. But as much as the Bauhaus is championed, it is rarely seen as a place for photography, even though it was. That is largely because of Laszlo Maholy-Nagy. He was a Hungarian-born artist who had begun his career making sketches while he recovered from World War I. He became interested in the avant-garde movement and soon after ended up moving to Germany in 1920, where he met the initiator of the Bauhaus. Maholy-Nagy believed that technology should play a greater role in the arts, very fitting to the overall concept of the Bauhaus. And this is also where photography comes back in, because the artist was one of the first to understand that photography could be much more than just a medium of reproduction. You see, for quite a while, photography served just as a stand-in for painting. It may have been faster and more accurate, sure, but since it didn't require hours of work, it was long considered less artful than painting, and a medium for documentation only. At the Bauhaus, Maholy Nagy began challenging that assumption. The idea was to set the camera free, to move it around, capture shadows and lights, the more abstract the better. The idea was to set the camera free, to move it around, to capture shadows and lights, the more abstract the better. And let's remember that these artists wanted nothing less but to reinvent seeing, and their images show how serious the movement took itself. It's funny then, 
that the revolution from back then has gone back out of fashion. Just look at Instagram and the minimalism that's so popular on that platform. The shots popular in there are often taken at very straight angles and show very concrete objects that are popular in everyday culture. Cupcakes and coffee cups, ferns and pineapples, or people standing before walls. In contrast to the pictures they would take at the Bauhaus, these pictures often just reproduce. And I would argue that they reproduce worlds that aren't very real. The cupcake may be balanced just so at the edge of the table, but in reality, beyond the frame of this little perfect diorama, there's probably a stack of dirty laundry, an unwashed window, a screaming toddler. So the next time you go out to take photos, why not try to be abstract? Look at the light falling through those unwashed windows, the shadows it paints on the dusty floor. Move the camera around, away from the string holding it around your neck or beyond the reach of your arm. That's what they did at the Bauhaus. Rather than showing the straight lines the movement is so famous for, it used odd angles, low cameras and dramatic perspectives. Subjects are often covered by shadows or appear just as black silhouettes. These pictures are positively weird, and that is what makes them so great and so unusual, even almost a hundred years later. And there is something else great about the movement that I haven't mentioned yet. The new visionaries wanted to democratize photography by recruiting more amateurs for it. The term amateur has a somewhat negative connotation today, but it originally means somebody who loves what they do. And the artists from back then considered them potential new talents with fresh perspectives. Today, of course, most everyone is a photographer to a certain extent. If you are listening to this podcast, you most likely are, or at least are interested in photography. And unless you do it full-time, that means you are an amateur, a term you should be wearing proudly. So why not remind yourself that being an amateur means being unrestrained by commercial demands or art school aesthetics? That in fact, it gives you the freedom the professionals often don't have, those photographers whose necks strain under heavy cameras and have been briefed down to the angle of their shots. We may not be starting a movement here, but why not take some of that optimistic naivete and take some pictures that would have wooed the avant-garde of the 1920s.